Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Loosehead Sports Podcast Shows in a week. Jed Gillespie, how are you, sir? Let's go. Chew caffeine no, gum. Mate, yeah, oh, sorry. Kate always gets the shits with me if I don't promote. Uh, yeah. Brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia, number one sports caffeine supplement in Australia, probably at this point. And uh, buy some and subscribe, like, share to all the social medias, YouTube in particular, so we can start getting money. Yeah. Now, I feel like shit today. And the really Mm. good news is that, so Kate and I lived next door. We literally lived in the unit next door. And the guys just decided to start renovating it. And he should, because I live there and you should probably fix up whatever I did to that place. And I, I feel like shit today. I've had a test already, so I'm just waiting it out. And mm. they will not stop drilling. Mm. Oh, my God. It's just fucking doing my head in. But I'm caffeinated up to the eyeballs and ready to talk some shit. How are you? Um, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I got two things. Immediate qualms. Um, oh. My parents think I'm into drugs now because of last week, and you saying I like marijuana, which I is don't. that because you are into drugs, or I'm, not into, <laughs> I'm I'm the furthest thing into drugs, and now they they think that they've stumbled across a great secret of mine. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Gillespie, um, rule number one, which any of my close friends would tell you, is don't ever listen to anything I say. Yeah, um, I tried to tell them that and they didn't understand. Um, <laughs> so that obviously I had to quash that, um, which was important. Um, and why, why are you that, winking? Why are you winking right now? I'm not winking. I'm, I'm putting this video. I'm making them watch the video. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, in the most selfish move of all time, uh, they are selling the family house. No, and downsizing. Uh, yeah, somewhat, and leaving me and my brother to fend for ourselves in the real world. <laughs> if that isn't the biggest hint that you could ever possibly get, I don't know what is. Well, where, where are they going to go? Uh, they're going like to Roselle sort of place. I, I take solace. I was actually out of home for five years. So I, I take great solace in that, whereas my loser brother has not been out of home at all. Um, he's three years younger than me, though. So... Uh, more importantly, fuck them. Where am I going to go? Um, well, that's, taking, well, that's exactly right. Let me put gallery gonna, view on. Geez, I'm all over the shop today. Sorry, there we go. We're going to we're going to take uh, take dams of potential places I can live um, from about March. So uh, that'll be exciting. Can you make sure we have a room for a studio in there? Yeah, I mean, if whoever, whichever uh, person promotes or offers the best room for hire, I'll be there. It's um oh yeah so Kate just got a full time job up at Foster for next year, so I'm I yeah I know, so I'm kind of in a little bit of limbo at the moment. So I'm I'm obviously I can work anywhere, so that's not really what, an issue. What you're saying is you want to get an apartment halfway between the Shire and Eastwood. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if that would be good for your health. Just quietly, <laughs> we could do a lot of podcasting though. Yeah, well, it's it's not out of the question. I, I work sort of out there, so I'm 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 put me a put me a, put me as a strong maybe. Let, let's have a think about it. I mean, you could always move to Cronulla. There, there'd be a spare room here potentially, which are also again terrible for your health. Anyone that spent a lot of time in Cronulla, um, you know, Rob James, Sam Harris, Holloway. Yeah, we're talking um, some that, really. We're talking some horrible people. Truly oh, and disgusting. people that you age terribly and rapidly as well because. 
you know, it's, it's well, like the jungle. I'm no, like the jungle I'm no chance of that. I can't age any harder. <laughs> like, I know Tane Edmund in particular is a very dirty young man. He's going to be He's a bit of a degenerate from what you were saying offline. Is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's one of the better men uh, I've met. But he was pretty he, slick. You know, I, I enjoyed watching him yesterday. They were, they were pretty slick, man. The, the session was pretty intense. Um, you know, was quite quite impressed by it, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there's there's always that's the biggest difference between choo choo training sometimes and super training is intensity, and it's because they're like they know there's fucking drones in the sky, there's nine camera angles, there's like everyone's watching everything. So and like every day you're like competing for a spot, whether that be like seventh in the packing order to sixth, or that be first and second. Like there's just no time to switch off. Whereas I, I feel a choo choo at times like. Guys will be tired, which I fucking understand, and they'll be a little bit dopey that training. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I was, I was speaking to Paulie about it, and he said the the biggest thing that he's noticed is that uh, Super Rugby players just pick it up quicker. So if if you're explaining a drill, they might get it in two or three minutes, whereas sometimes um, because of the wide degree of talents in shoot shield training. Mm. Um, um, yeah, because of the wide degree of talents and shoot shield training, it might take longer or they might not get it at all. And I was I was watching how they did the explanations for drills and it was like, nah, super quick, straight into it. They all got it right immediately. There was like obviously some corrections on the run, but yeah, um, very impressive. I, I'd find that very enjoyable as a coach. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I tend to go on the faster side after, and I get reminded at times to, slow down and you've got to oh well you've got to be delivering to the to the slowest person in the room rather than where you think people should be so it, yeah that would that is a nice aspect they're also they're also sort of used to it i mean unless they're a brand new fresh to any setup ever they've been doing the same thing since like i mean same with similar instructions is like 16s 18s 20s you know they're, they're they're sort of like you just you become so fucking good at just do, just doing all your drills, even fitness. Like you turn you turn your mind off. You know if there's an attack drill, you you, you just don't. That's your job. You know? well, they were whacking they were whacking each other, and I've I've gone. You know it's one o'clock on a Monday afternoon. I've gone fuck. I wouldn't like to do this shit. But they were all into uh, it. Like it was as you said. It looked like the brain just goes into game mode, white line fever, boom straight into it. Um, yeah, just had this thought passed through my head oh it's gonna be good oh, fuck get it get it it'll come back it'll come back to me but oh the 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 other thing that i would find very enjoyable about coaching professional rugby is you've got them every day rather than two or three days a week and i feel like you'd be able to have sessions just to cover so just say you're going through something and shoot shield training you've got a certain amount of content you've got to cover over a period of time so you might not nail it and have to go on to the next thing. Mm. So, but in Super Rugby, just say you're not you're not getting your six man lineouts. All right, boys, we're going to do extra six man lineouts at the end of. So you got them all day. I reckon yeah, it'd be really I, mate. I, well. I, agree. I I'd fucking love that. But on the on the sort of counter of that, that's why I expect them to be a certain level. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much fucking time in the day. We've chatted in the in the week, so. We've chatted in the past about how I think that they start to just want to fill time for the hell of it at, at during during certain periods. Um, Fucking oath. Like they they'll be like, right, okay, we'll do uh, another twenty minutes on 
like binds or we'll do 20 minutes on footwork into lifting like theoretically you could argue like yeah that's you know that's an extra one percenter or they're burning time they're filling time you know i um have we talked about this my experience in melbourne in 2018 for two i was there for two weeks during the trial period did we ever talk about that uh, depends which facet we've spoken about. So, well, so I went down. For me, it was a box ticking exercise. I always wanted to play a super rugby game, and then I, I got the call, and I'm like, we need a prop to play against the Brumbies, and you can go to the Brisbane Tens as well. So, I, why they picked me for Tens is beyond me. But I've gone. I'm going to go and do this. Um, so I went down and did it. Didn't get paid a cent. Uh, some of it was out of my own pocket, but I was like, I'm, I think I was thirty. 30 at the time. So I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So I've gone down there. I'm living in a church with a bunch of these young guys sleeping on like a fucking mattress that's at an angle. It was a, it was a weird situation. And I was just observing everything. I was like, I'm, I'm going to just observe, work out what's good, work out what's bullshit. And the amount of time wasting is incredible to me. Like... Mm. Um, Melbourne Storm and Melbourne FC, I think, all train at the same facility. So obviously the Rebels are at the back of the list in terms of the importance of the teams there. So mm. there were there were days where you'd train at 6:30 in the morning. Yep. So you'd be there, you'd be there super early. Then you'd have breakfast. Then you would have nothing till after lunch. So you're going from 8:30 till 2 to get into the gym because that was the only time that the gym was available to them. Mm-hmm. And then you might have something at 4.30. So you're just doing about three hours of work over, the, over a space of about nine hours and you couldn't go anywhere. And mm-hmm. that, was a, that was very common. The gym was way over the other side of the complex. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just thought, if like for me, I will just want to um, bash it all out in three hours and go home. Yeah, they, it, we, like, we were similar when I was there and I, there were similar coaches. Um, we were, we shared the field with Carlton. We had our own gym and like the same thing. Cause you're like low in the priority list. It's like you're on field for full noise at fucking six 30 in the morning, which is meant like yeah, Sanity. you're so Sanity. cold and you're like, yeah, like me, I'm a bad morning person. I'm fucking half asleep. I'm still dreaming and you're getting whacked. Um, and then you come off, you're right. You have breakfast, protein shake, um, and, and then, like, your whatever is not till 2.30 in the afternoon. And you're like, fuck. And then that's where, you know, fucking prop meeting, front row meeting, second row meeting, tight five meeting, fucking meeting, meeting, meeting to determine the meeting, um, all sort of started coming into play, um, you know, like a stretch session, like just shit like that. They just start fucking filling the day up. Um, but you're right. Like it, I feel like they would feel almost a little bit like we need to get our dollars worth. You know, we need to get our bucks worth. We can't. Let, we can't just bring me in six thirty till ten. Like they're full time athletes. I, I understand that. Like if I was in charge of a group of young men, I wouldn't go. Hey, you're only working three hours a day. Fuck you guys. You know, I'd fucking make them work because they're they're early twenties. A lot of them, and and some of them have never worked a hard day in their life. So you'd almost want to give them a sense of that so that they feel like that they were working hard. But fill the day with like useful shit, you know. Mm. I, I think I I observe, you know, let's just fucking talk about it. Let's bury a few people today. 
I observed a lot of crazy shit when I was down there. I, I wish I had the phone. I kept writing all the notes down so that I'd go, oh, don't forget this, don't forget this. But there was shit like there might have been six different S&Cs. Six, yeah, there, there, were, like, there were heaps. It's head of performance, S&C, yeah. rehab, um, probably assistant S&C as well. So that's four minimum, maybe a student. Uh, Public cadets or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was one day I got told different things by all of them, uh, so I wrote that down. There was another day I had the first time I was in Melbourne. I had a six-day turnaround game into a five-day turnaround game into a four-day turnaround game. Played eighty minutes every single time at tight end prop. Don't care what anyone says. That's fucking hard. The third week before the third game, they we had a lift in the gym, and they're like. And I was fucked. I could barely fucking move. And I was trying to shift some, I was trying to shift some tin. I just couldn't push what I'd done the last two weeks. One of the SNC go, I totally understand, mate, you're fatigued. Another one at the end of training, I think he might have been the head SNC goes, mate, why didn't you lift the same weights that you lifted the last two weeks? Like okay. if I go and sh- if I go and show Tony McGann that, you'll get fucking your ass handed out. I'm going, are you kidding me? Did he have red hair? No. No, 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 I, no. Uh, very tall, possibly European gentleman. Yeah, okay, I know who it is. That's yes. a weird one. Uh, that is a weird one, isn't it? I've, I'm going. You fucking that, kidding uh, me? That's. Uh, I feel like that's probably like he didn't want his ass it. to get kicked. Yeah, I know. That's I think that sometimes they jump at the opportunity to be involved as well. They're like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get. This is my chance to sort of say hey, something to a hundred percent, mate. We're at the Brisbane Tans. All the Rebels boys on the bus on the way back to the hotel go, all right, guys, we're not going out tonight. All the uncontracted guys looked at each other and said, fuck it, boys, we're going out tonight. So we all went out. But, um, you know, it's like, what's what's the point? What's the balance in that? Mm. You know, I, I get drinking alcohol all the time is terrible for you and terrible for performance, but you've just played at a tournament. Like, let's celebrate a little bit. Maybe say let's go out till midnight. Have a little bit of balance there. We had to do like a sing-song thing. It's like a team bonding activity, which I fucking hated. Yeah, I hate that. Um, I would ask coaches questions that I knew they didn't know the answer to just to see what yeah. they said. I've t- I think I've told you that before, but, you know, the vast generalizations, stereotypes, you know, just cliches that come out when people don't actually know what they're talking about is a very good example of when people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, um, it's... It's sometimes I, I don't know. Some, it's sometimes it's nice to just be like, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's, let's I come, don't fucking come, know, but let's find out. Yeah, come. Uh, you know what? Come, we'll figure that out after training. You know. Thank you. There's um, nothing wrong with being wrong or not knowing something, but pretending like you do know something is unacceptable to me. I look. He did, the the aforementioned guy. I he didn't run a very good show down there. Like he wasn't, I, I didn't think he was a very rugby minded individual. It was all fucking sort of swear words and just fucking hype. Um, there wasn't a lot of detail to it. I just didn't, like, there was no, like, you, you know, you look at some coaches like, fuck, there's, if only I could sort of see what behind was behind his eyes. Like, Craig Bellamy came in once and, like, he's a gruff motherfucker. Like, he, he talks like he's a bit of a bogan, but he's, he's real hard. But even then, you could see, like, wheels turning. But, there wasn't a whole lot of wheels turning down there at the time. And that's just sort of been reflected because he hasn't, he hasn't 
he's sort of gone on to be a defense coach. Yes, or or not coach at all. To be fair, I think it might be doing school at the moment. Yeah, um, well, which is fine for some people, and it's still a good wage. Um, yeah, there's some, oh, mate. I'm just like, should we just keep going on with this path? Yeah, well, fuck the the. It was uh, it was an interesting setup when I was down there. I um, I I was in a hotel. For, I definitely haven't said this. I was in a hotel for the first week, paying out of my my parents had to pay for it. So I was making like, you know, like 700 bucks a week and the hotel was costing 800 or something. I didn't have anywhere to live until like three months down there. And I slept in the change room for a fucking full weekend. Did they know that? No. Nah. They knew I had nowhere to live though. Like I'm going- well, that's, their, like- that's their job, isn't it? Yeah. Well, their, their like- job is to at least assist with the transition from moving from Sydney to Yeah, Melbourne. I just kept like, and it's before you get really tight with the boys, you know, like it's before like, it was probably a month, like two weeks in, like you're not tight with anyone. And in yeah. fairness, like most of them have got a share house where like it's pretty fucking stacked anyway. They got their girlfriend. And I'm like, fucking, I had to move out of a, a house for like someone was moving in. And I'm like, well, I can't fucking afford a hotel. So I remember going out in the city with Guy Miller. He was down at the time. And I was just like, just drop me back at the fucking place, you know? I don't know. Um, it's not as glamorous as people think it is, man. Like, Well, you're so broke. That's what people don't fucking get. It's how, particularly when you're on like uh, whatever they're called now, like a WTS or like, uh, like so it was about 45 grand. And then you're my fucking stupid manager's like, he wants two grand, two and a half grand out of it. I'm like, mate. Yeah, I had, plus, I, plus. I ate yolk, yeah. Sorry, plus you got to pay your own top level health insurance, which I don't think people, many people are aware of in this country. So Australia is one of the only countries in world rugby, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, where one, you got to pay your agent's fees. A lot of the overseas clubs yeah, actually pay your agent's fees. And you've got to pay your own top-level health insurance. So there's a guy that we both know very well at the Rebels, who was on a good wicket at the time, so he could pay for it. But his surgery cost fifteen grand, so he had to pay it up front, and then the club reimburse it. Mm. It's How madness, though. crazy is that? It's madness. I, yeah, it it is crazy. It's yeah, you like when you're on those deals, like you're fucking, you're super broke, like. And I'm not pretending that I actually, a few weeks in, I was like, I actually have to sit down and figure out how my weight, like how to map this out. Because you can't just go out and drop like whatever, five 500 bucks on a night in Chapel Street. And then like by the fourth week, I was like, you're just eating yogurt from the from the, from the the club for your jatsy. What, what, when, when you're in that frame, of, in that position and that frame of mind, what's the goal? Like, what are you aiming for? Well, in terms of when I was training or like no, well, being like, there. Like if you're you're putting yourself through that for a reason. For you, yeah. what was that reason? What was your thought process? Are you holding on to go overseas? Are you hoping no, for an upgrade? I, I mean, is it chasing just, the dream? What is the mindset? Yeah, it's a funny one. Like maybe I was, maybe it was just like ignorance, but certainly when I got there, it was to play. I was like, I could play in this team. Like, uh, like I looked around, I was like, I could, I could play. Like it's not it's not so far fetched, and then after a while, it becomes to hold on to a contract, which is what a lot of people go through the same thing. They're like, "Well, I haven't fucking played. 
But to hold on to a $45,000 contract? Well, that's sort of the way it goes. Um, so it was, and also you've got to remember, like, you, you couldn't play, you can't play Shoot Shield. So no one's seen you play in six months, which it doesn't seem like a big deal saying it. It's, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. It's a big Cause deal. Because pe- people were getting like caught up to the Taz back home. Um, so you're like, fuck, I need another contract here. Um, so. That's yeah. That's, that's well, I'm, much I, it. I, I guess I'm just I'm very intrigued by it because to me, it's it just seems if you look at the absolute uh, the economics of the whole thing, it makes complete sense to me why guys are going overseas younger and younger. A minimum contract in Japan at one point, I'm not sure what it is now, but it was at least a hundred grand a year Aussie plus accommodation plus multiple return airfares. Something like that. You pay a lower tax bracket. They pay your agent's fees. Health insurance is covered. Is that accurate? Something around that? If it's not yeah, accurate, I mean, it's, it's no, 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 it is. But like Japan's like notoriously, if you can go get yen, you go get yen. But like if you're third string at a super team, unless you've got a coach over there, like unless Chubby's yeah, my coach and he goes over there, you're not getting a fucking contract. Like you have to be Asian passport holder or a very fucking good player. Or third, you know someone. And we've seen a lot of knowing someone, particularly from the red system, people picking up contracts, going over there for like straight out of NRC for fucking years. Um, I know a few Asian passport holders who, Lebanese is part of Asia. So they've gone over there is on it? their Lebanese. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they've, they've gone there on their Lebanese passport. Like, in fact, if you can go to Japan, you fucking go to Japan. But when you're in that more of that situation, if you're like third string, a uh, super franchise, no uh, no pedigree in terms of ancestry, you got to play. You got to try and get. You got to get in the get in the game until America um, until America arrives. Yeah, I know. And I was might have been you. I I have so many fucking conversations that I just forget who I talk to, but. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this year once there's injuries in Super Rugby because all the sort of high-level shoot shield fringe Super Rugby guys have started to go overseas. There's a ton of them that have gone to the Major League. There's guys who are in Holland. There's guys in Spain. There's guys in Portugal. There's guys in the UK now, and there's just more and more people being signed. I've seen a heap of Sydney Uni guys have gone now. So... You got your top level super rugby guys, and then the the gap, which in my mind wasn't enormous. No, I think I think it's become huge. I think it's become it's bigger now. The uh, gap between be- the gap between okay, like a, a useful example because he was on here last week. The gap between Holloway and the best shoot shield second rower is a chasm, a fucking chasm, and the gap between like. Uh, you can you like you can source a winger like but the gap between like the tight best forwards, tight, the best tight the best tight head prop for the Tars whoever that may be and like I think Tian's a really good player I think Harry Johnson Holmes does a good job when he's there and Tetra the next I don't know who that is I I and I feel like I've got my finger on the pulse um, whereas you know a couple of years ago you'd be like okay like we'll grab Mitch or like we'll grab fucking like Richard Aho from Randwick or like, you know, we'll grab those guys who are all sort of fucking big and good players. Um, it, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. So that sort of, I think I was talking to um, to the, Ben Batchelor the other day and it, the shoot shield's effectively in under 25 is gone. 
Yeah, you, you yeah. said that to me. You said that to it's me. Not, I agree totally. It's under 25 comp. So, like, you've got your Colts, which is 20s. Like, if you've got a player over 25, they're, they're, they're pretty fucking old. They're staying here because they've got a job. That's, that family's job. It's yeah, the commu- a, community uh, yeah, side of it. Exactly. And that's, like, amazing. So, like, you know, we've got guys like, like Pat Seal and those guys who decided that they want to do a life. Um, but if they want it, they could be in fucking America. Like if they're the, if you're single and fucking twenty five, you're out of here. You're fucking huh. out of here. Single and thirty five. <laughs> I'll be out of here. Russia, <laughs> mate. Russia's throwing some coin around for coaches, bro. Have you seen that shit? Holy fuck! Uh, mate, there may or may there may or may not have been a discussion with a with the Russian side about um, some coaching, and it was fucking ninety thousand US. For, the, for, for Ford's for like coaching. A, for a, yeah, for a six-month season. Yeah, and, and I think like, head coach is like 150, 190 grand or something. Be a wild. That would be a wild. We have to do that one day. That would be a wild experience. <laughs> I'd love I've, – I've spoken – we had a guy at Eastwood who, who did a season in Russia. I know Marty Banks, there's a notorious sort of story where he played in Russia, but effectively it's all run by the mafia. Um, I and love I that. Would, I have maintained my whole life that I was made to live in Russia. I look Russian. I'm kind of fat. Um, <laughs> and like, I'd always wear thick coats and like, I don't know. I just feel like I was made for Russia. So you I'd love like smoking and drinking vodka. I don't, I don't you, smoke, but you're I into do. illegal activities. No, that is you, mum. <laughs> turn, the, turn, the, turn the podcast off. Um, I, I do have a, uh, actually, no, I have two things. No. Did you go, did you vote last weekend? Yes. Who the fuck? I went to vote just. I just made it for my level two course. Um, <laughs> I who are the people who hold the signs out the front? I think they get paid, don't they? Do Jeez, they? I hope I hope they get paid. I think you can actually get paid to do all that shit. I don't know. I I feel okay. You you're a big fan of American politics. You're a big Donald Trump guy. <laughs> um, but you got to admit, like, wh- whatever you think of Donald Trump, he's entertaining. So I'm going to go to a fucking rally just to see what goes on. I'm not going to an Australian politician's rally. And I'm definitely not going to stand outside a poll booth holding signs going, vote for, you know, Jed Gillespie for the, the shooting and sex party. You know. Fuck me. <laughs> um, oh, I, I, are- I mean, I, I, they would both be on my bill. On my ticket, those two actors. Um, yeah, I just don't get. Well, American politics is so far either side that they're angry at each other. So, they, but like Australian politics is so middle and centered. Oh, look, I didn't want to get into that. I was just wondering who are those fucking people. Like I've I seen the people they try and hand you a fucking a greens ticket, and I'm like, go on, get this, this, go this on, get. Not, this isn't on paper, <laughs> is it, brother? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly right. Um, fuck off. Uh, so yeah, and then that mate, the the mayor was actually standing there as I was like entering, going, "I'm the mayor, vote for me." I was sort of like, "Yeah, we'll see how we go in there, chief." Um, just a couple of things on that. What was the election for? I didn't even look. I just did the thing where I didn't want to get fined. Just went there and ticked my name off. Um, it was local. Did, uh, it, was local, local. it was the local 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 government. So ScoMo's got nothing to do with that, even though he lives five kilometers away from me. Well, yeah, he well he he will he kind of. Our, t- <laughs> our our ten listeners have just switched off. 
kind of. No, well, yeah, I, I feel like people that hold signs at polling booths, um, it's a really good way of telling me that they're a loser without them actually telling me that they're a loser. You yeah. Know? You know, I it's mean, like, get a hobby, fuck. They all sit next to each other as well. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if they feel good or bad when someone takes that. Like, if one guy's just fucking handed 50 pamphlets out and the other guy's handed out none, whether he's... Maybe like, it's... Commi- might be commission-based, so you just get like five cents every pamphlet. <laughs> well, if, <laughs> you just so if it's him. commission-based, this young man over here has got a new fucking side hustle, and that's Fuck. putting pamphlets in the bin. Local um, polling elections. The, yeah, I just fucking... I was on the way back from my uh, steam, my level two course last weekend and just scraped in. Um, uh, how did you find that? It was, from your experiences on the level three, it was certainly below that in terms of... Uh, the coaches, like I think I was the only senior men's coach in in the whole course. Yeah. So um, it was fairly intensive, though. Like I think a lot. I think the guys who were doing younger teams would have got a fair bit out of it. Um, yeah. I, so it's hard to cater for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, it's really hard. It made it sort of made me think that there should be like it's seniors and juniors, mm. um, only because some of the skills are not that transferable. Like uh, what you're doing for lineouts in under thirteens is fucking not transferable to you know to a first or second grade side so it makes it be it makes it a bit difficult like i've coached young kids as well and you got to do it all different you know it's, it's you got to do safety first you like you got to it, some of them you got to teach them how to catch so like you know one of the elements was learning how to catch or it was a it was meant to be a coaching example but some of those guys would genuinely t- use that drill yeah whereas i suppose if you roll into south or, or eastwood it's like for pass you the ball and it hit you in the face, you can just fucking get in the car because we don't have time. Yeah. So yeah. it was. I look. It, look, it was certainly catered towards a lower, uh, a lower, a lower level of team. So, like, I would say, like, it was a junior, more junior, but centric. Yeah. So it's kind of the baseline, and then I feel like we've talked about this before, but with formal education, it's kind of hard to have something that's suitable for everyone, and I feel like. Just say, just say you want to dive into, you know, get, have a deep dive into defensive strategy or structure or whatever it is. It's probably going to be quite hard to find a course to suit your needs. But if you went and talked to, you know, Jason Gilly at the Tars and actually did like a one-on-one chat with him and actually did some, some, um, you know, personal development on your own or went and watched a couple of sessions or followed him around for a week or something, you'd probably get a lot more out of that. Yeah, the, the irony is I'd probably pay for a seminar by someone. Like, I'd pay – like, the course you have to pay for, and it's pretty expensive. Like, the one you did is far more expensive, but mine was expensive. Um, but I'd pay that money for a good – like, the right coach um, at a at a seminar. I'd pay, like, to watch them. Um, I think we're onto something just there. Because <laughs> I, I think other people would too. The only like, – the, the thing – the one, like really, – quite funny element of the weekend was they were they needed to tick off line outs um and line outs is sort of my baby um and the way they they couldn't do like demos so they they just had all these international clips and they were picking them apart but like international rugby is not too chilled and it's not school and it's it's on another level so in terms of like speed timings you know there's more than one way to fake. Like you can obviously backwards slip without actually catching the the fake, like just for speed. 
and they were sort of picking apart why the like the ball might have not gone where they wanted it and things like that. And I was, I was just going, yeah, he didn't sell that fake, you know. He really needs to stop. And and I'm like, no, nah, that's just it's a different movement, you know. So there were certain elements where I think they have to teach for world rugby or whatever. Where it was, a, it was aimed for younger. It was a game for younger kids. Is my point. Do you think you can learn different elements of the game even if you never played them? Yeah, it's a discussion of like it's a it's a reasonable discussion. I think I had this argument. We've done with, this before. We've we've had have we? we've had this and it's, well, some, it's some sort of analogy about being on the track and being a racehorse or a race. Oh, uh, we know, have okay. On. Yeah, all right, boy. <laughs> I was just talking no. to Holloway about it the other day. I'm like, you know, scrum coaching for him. He's played more positions in the forwards than I have. So he's going to have a better idea how to play in the back row and the second row. I've played all three positions in the front row. So he's played five of the eight positions. Mm. So you can't tell me that if you've got a little bit of an open mind and you're, and you're willing to learn, that he can't learn how to be a scrum coach. Because I've, I've, a lot of people go, oh, you never did that. You'll never be able to do that. It's like, well, I've been in 10,000 lineouts in my life. That might be an exaggeration, might be an under-exaggeration. I've never jumped, but I have lifted and thrown. So I've done two of the three jobs. Mm, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I think it's, I think like the, you've got to sort of have been within arm's length. I think it's certainly not impossible. Put it this way there's people coaching a lot of places where Holloway would be a better scrum coach. But uh, there's certain like transfers and pressures and neck positions and stuff. With I think it would help to have, a, to have an ex prop. Having said that, on the same train of thought, I think a lot of people stumble. The game's changed so much with the rules in the last 15 years. But when you get the older guys now and they're coaching, if they're not up to date, they're so fucking aged. Like, I know when we were young, we probably had like an expert like player or he's maybe a dad or something. He'd be your coach and he'd be introducing backline moves that the Ellers did. But like, if you played in, in the early 2000s, it's different. It's pretty much like rugby league to rugby union in terms of how different it is. So, you're, like, you're a dinosaur at this point. You're a fucking dinosaur. So, if you haven't kept up in terms of watching a shitload of games, being on the inside of actually what's being said, what's being done, um, you're way off, man. Those guys are way off. I'm going to be an attack coach one day. You want to be an attack coach? Oh, I don't really care, but I'm going to do it. Just because I feel like I'm going to go, what the fuck is that guy doing as an attack coach? I'm going, well, fuck you, cunts. Yeah, I think there's elements where you can watch enough and do enough um, where you can pro- like certainly analyze that. that those I refuse to believe that if you understand rugby, you, you can't learn it. You can't learn it. Like I'm not saying I could do it now, but I've, I, I know that I'm good at learning things, so I could fucking do it. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Um, the other one I have was about uh, a big, a big, big friend of the, the show, uh, Ben Melrose, Brian's the great Brian's son, uh, very very smart young man, and a good footballer in his day as well. Uh, he sent in, he sent me this thing this morning of the of the referees training. Did you? Oh see God, that? no. Uh, what, what was that reaction? No, they aren't they training with uh, uh, Jay Train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're. They're training at J Train, um, and they're just talking about like uh, doing their PB Broncos and stuff like that. That seems way too hard. If I was for in the ref? refing game, 
yeah, Bronco. Like, what do you, do you need? A you got to keep. You got to keep up with play. Yeah, are they doing whistle, Are they doing whistle practice as well? <laughs> I'm serious. Hey, they had, the other, um, who's the best ref in Australia? Allegedly, at the the world at the moment, um, Gus Gardner. He was doing stuff in the the TARS session yesterday. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. But um, I think that's probably better training for a ref than. No, I just thought I'd, I'm not knocking him. I just thought, fuck, that would be. Um, I don't know. I'd be I'd... Interested to see what kind of meters they cover in a game. Well, uh, the ref of the umpires for the AFL used to train where we trained as well. Those yeah. guys had their one k time, three k time, six k time on the board, and I was fuck. like, "What the fuck is that?" There's 45 of you on the field, like that's insane. What's but, a what's the mileage that rugby players like the just say like a halfback? What's a halfback? Can get up to like, like eight or nine. Yeah, it's it? like eight or nine, I think. So if you think about that, halfbacks generally get to quite a few rucks or most rucks, particularly in attack. So the ref's going to be at nearly every single ruck. So that's probably a comparable figure. Yeah, I feel like they're operating in the central zone. Like they operate probably not as wide. Yeah, but they're definitely fit. And I'll, the good, like having a good ref is fucking great. And if you ha- have a, uh, what I would say is a not as good one or a bad one, it's another yeah. word, uh, it sucks. But have you seen like, I feel bad sometimes when like refs like have their girlfriends and stuff come to the games and people are just fucking spraying them from the crowd or their parents or like, you know, like family. It just, it's a, just a different dynamic to coming and watch like, Come watch me play. I do some shit, and then fucking get in a fight. I get yellow carded. Half of the half of the fans are like, "Woo!" Half of them hate me. Um, but they're sitting the on the hill at, at Southern District's fourth grade hill. You know, yeah, oh, exactly. I'm going to go watch my husband play. Uh, referee a big game. And like oh the poor North Southern District's hill, they fucking the cops would end up there. But yeah, it'd be <laughs> it'd be a tough dynamic for them. Like it would be, it would it would be hard. Because, like, regardless of what you do, like, sometimes I'm like, man, he was really good. And, like, still, like, there's out of 10 people, four of them have got the shits, you know. I, I feel like that's a very hard job, being a ref. I would never do it. I would never do it. They get paid pretty well and they get some good perks as well, apparently, for the professional guys. Like, they're getting a buck fifty a year and get to travel the world. So that's, you know, front row seats to some of the best rugby games in the world. Not a bad gig if you can get it, but I reckon it's a fucking punish. Yeah, I would hate to do it. At the same time. I would hate to do it. Like, we've talked about this heaps of time, but Rassie's shitting all over. Who's a little Queensland guy? Uh, remember Rassie just hammered him during oh, the, the Lions back. series? Nick. Yeah, what's his Yeah, Nick Berry. You know, shit like that. You're just getting fucking smashed publicly. You know what would be good, though? Like, they're, they're, they tend to be a certain type of person, I feel, referees. Like, they're a little bit, like, understated and, like, quieter. They need to just come out and start fucking throwing stones, like, Right, the, like Nick Barry should have come out. Nick Barry's a very good fucking player. He should have come out and just gone, "You're a fucking dinosaur, Rassie. I'd like to address the following: Fuck you, uh, you're wrong here, wrong entry, illegal." And they just fucking banged him back. You know, that would have been yeah. nice. I would have, I would have enjoyed saying like Nick Barry did his own YouTube thing, 55 minutes. What about the illegal thing here that you that I didn't pick up? What about the illegal thing there that I forgot to pick up? What about all the stuff you get away with in every single game you ever play? What about the cheating at the lineout? What about the cheating at the scrum? You just yeah, point out the all steroids? the Springboks. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> the systemic so, abuse. But yeah, I thought, allegedly, I, don't know. 
Oh man, fuck, imagine doing four weeks, four weeks fucking intensive training to to ref shoot shield. Fuck, poor blokes. They get paid a few bucks, I think. Do they? Yeah. You oh, fucking want well, well, look, nothing to write home about. I think it's a couple, you know, some beers and maybe a Rebel Burger. But um, it's, it's, better, it's better than <laughs> what they paid as coaches. An Emu Burger. Yeah, uh, well, yes. it's, 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 it's fucking going to be better than you get paid as coaches. That well, I feel like the this has been a really good episode. We've buried a lot of people. Um, you know, we've cleared up your drug habit with the family. Oh. Um, um, just quietly... Oh. If, if anyone, if anyone really likes this and wants us to do a Jed Gillespie THC vape, um, we'll do it. We can't we'll- do that. It's illegal. We can't make. How are we going to do it? Just stop winking at me, <laughs> uh, This is a, if people are using the audio, uh, audio at the moment. Uh, Chubby's winking at me. We can't everyone do does that. listen to audio. Well, you know, uh, debatable, but we'll we'll work a way around it. Uh, we got a good lawyer in the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> very bad. Are you, are you actually a lawyer? Yeah, I'm. Ad, my, I'm ad, uh, admitted to the New South Wales Supreme Court number uh, 0889935. If you are, so there's a fucking shitload of lawyers. Is that an accurate statement? There's like nearly 900. Oh, there'd be more, more than that. Wait, now. there's fucking billions. They, oh, this is a whole nother thing. God, I rant about a lot of shit. But you know, like when the uni stop really caring what a mark you get, fucking everyone just does everything. What possesses someone, you know, a young person with hopes and dreams to aspire to be a lawyer? Uh, one. Because it's a mindset I've never understood, so I'd love to understand. I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing when they go to uni. Um, but it's one, really long degree. I want to be at uni forever because uni's great. When you're at uni, you can do nothing and people are like, oh, what are you up to at the moment? You're like, I'm at uni. And they're like, Van oh, Waldo. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly, Van Wilder. When Little do they know you got three hours a week. I'm going three hours a week. Um, yeah. uh, I like writing stuff. So that was probably it. And it seems hard, but it's it wasn't that hard. So I feel like they're all really key components to give you an image that uh, you're undertaking something extremely difficult when but you're like you can fucking do anything with any like with any degree now. Like all the all those crazy firms like Ernst and Young and stuff, they don't really care what degree you have. They assess you like functionality. Yeah. You know? I feel like uh, lawyers, unless you're like a partner, don't get paid that well, to be honest. Um, Is that it, accurate? I don't know, man. Like I, I, it, I don't really know what people get paid in terms of like, I don't know what like different. I wouldn't know like, oh yeah, he's an accountant, first year accountant. So he must get X, you know, but well, like if I you're used- a, yeah, go. No, I was, no, was going to say. say oh, yeah, you go, you go. <laughs> this is a downside of not doing these in person, which we need yeah, to do yeah. eventually. Is you fucking talk over each other. You um, go first. If you're like, if you're a first year lawyer, like in terms of you're admitted, so like after you finish your degree, you got to go to College of Law, and they like you do all this practical shit where you like learn how to introduce yourself in court and like how to fill out affidavits, like that sort of stuff. Um, and after you get that number. And someone to put you on that practicing certificate, like you probably start on like eighty. Yeah, right. So it's so it's, it's not it's a, like, like if you, if you're like twenty three, it's not bad, but you're working fucking hard as well. So I got a good and, analogy for you, and it's some something that someone pointed out to me. So just say you become you want to become a carpenter, right? So you do your apprenticeship, you're getting paid the whole time you're doing your apprenticeship. So you're earning money yeah. from day one. Your yeah. boss pays your tape fees and your apprenticeship fees. 
you get a tool yeah. allowance. So you, so you don't you don't have a cent out of pocket once you've finished it, and you're getting paid the whole time. But our fourth year uh, carpenter is getting anywhere between fifty and hundred bucks an hour, depending on how good they are. Um, immediately, you don't have any hex debt, you don't have any debt at all, and you've been earning money the whole time. Yes, and and you work from seven till three, maybe six days a week. Yeah, I hear you. The what my counterpoint would be most de- most decent students uh, will have some sort of like they'll be working at a law firm way before they finish. So like by third, so you year, are earning money. So you are earning money as you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, like, right. like, okay, if, I didn't know if that. You're, if you're first year uni, like you could still go work in like wherever the fuck you want. You'll just be a PA or a this or a that. So like. Or you'll yeah. be working at a bar, you know. Uh, but most most time, by the time you're in fifth year, you're working at a firm. They start to pay. They don't pay your uni, but they'll pay like college of law, and then they'll pay your practicing certificate. So, look, most people worth their worth their salt, or guys who end up successful, like my friend Ben Melrose. They, they, you know, they're he was at Macquarie Bank, you know, way before he finished. Um, right. And so, so yeah, it's sim- similar. Similar. So how do people grow up to become chewing gum salesmen? Um, you got to very early on. You got to get dropped. You got to get dropped straight on your head. <laughs> you know what Roachie um, said to me once, and it was very insightful. Shout out to Hugh Road, big fan of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he goes, "If you work so hard at actually working instead of avoiding work, you'd probably be going all right." <laughs> well, look. Something like that, and it's fucking true. He truly is a modern day Gandhi. Um, well, I, I work my ass off at trying to avoid work, and by doing that, I tend to work a lot harder. Yeah, that's a skill in itself, though. The old, the old, the rat race, it's not that fun. I, I went for a swim, uh, not this morning because I had a COVID test, but um, yesterday I went for a swim, had a really nice day, worked till about 11 o'clock last night, and you just do that, mate. You just do that. So, um, yeah, that's all I got, buddy. Anything else? Any any other stories? Any current events that we need to talk about? Anything uh, no, happening? I, I saw um I saw Hunter Plus Army resign, which was I, that's probably that's probably a good signing. I like, mate. Start of the year, he killed it. You know. Yeah, I thought uh, he's a good. Mother- he's a, I think he's a super rugby player. In an ideal world, I think if your depth chart's perfect, he doesn't make the Wallabies, but he's a good player. Well, well, if Sami Karevi is there, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Um, we talked about the seven stuff last week. Scott Johnson's been moved on. We talked about that. Man, I'll tell I you what, know. Pete, they need to stop doing. Universally, rugby league, rugby union, AFL, fucking everything. Stop putting players in in positions of power. Stop yes. just doing jobs for the boys. The amount of rugby league clubs, and it's the same. They'll be like, yeah, the new CEO. The fucking and he's an ex legend. The fucking new head of fucking accounting, ex legend. It's jobs for the boy. The new head of developments. This guy, stop doing it. Someone pointed this out to me once. I might have said it to you. I tend to repeat myself a lot, but it's if you think of a professional sporting team, you might have thirty to forty players. Plus, you've got another twenty support staff. Plus, you're dealing with the board members, the CEO. Um, marketing, you're dealing with everything. So I think conservative amount of people, 60 to 70, maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. So what qualifies a great player to deal 
with that kind of organisation? I think that's why they, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Particularly at the top, top, top end of the ARU, it should be run by a very successful businessman. Or no, I think even coaching, mate. I think even coaching. I think uh, as a player, you're going to have a good understanding of the game, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have the ability to manage people, manage an organisation, yeah, yeah. Oh, create yeah. culture, do all we the bullshit that's required. Of, we were speaking about a coach the other day who's been at multiple franchises, who's universally known as a fucking awful coach. Not even a, like a good person as well. Like a nice guy. Everyone likes him. But just couldn't coach his way out of a fucking paper bag. And he's like, he's on, uh, yeah, he's on sec. He'd be somewhere else now. Like he's on like a third professional team or a fourth professional team. Um, Cause you're a gun player. And where, yeah. but I think it, 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 where it really hurts them is administratively. They, they just got to stop putting fucking like our 99 wallabies in fucking like, for instance, when Phil Kearns made himself available to be CEO, like fucking what? No, like well, he's been he's been in the banking world for a while, so he's got he's got some credibility to that. Yeah, I was, think. Yes, well, I like I only only the people involved would know whether that itself because there are the tokenist roles like yeah. that. Oh, hundred percent for those guys in that world. Anyway, like I remember, like what rugby league player was it? Was like working at an accounting firm like post-retirement and I was like when was the last time you saw him I don't know like two months ago so like yeah. but yeah I just geez I wish they'd stop doing it they seem to make yes. such fucking poor decisions yes I, I agree totally I feel like what they should give us the high paying jobs um, you and me oh okay well, mate well, I'd, I'd say I'd say that like the, you know the, the, the super teams will roll over at some point and it's fairly inevitable that one or both of us will end up as head coaches of the franchises within 18 months. Well, just imagine if that happened. Fucking hell. I'd say I'll be in America in 18 months, but if I had to have a nice guess. I don't know if I'd want to take that job in 18 months, just quietly. Um, you know, there's a there's two very quick ways to ruin your career. I'm just thinking this out loud, so this could be completely wrong. Maybe there's one way. <laughs> <laughs> so take, take a job when you're not ready for it. I think that's one way. And I don't know what the other way is, but. Well, you know. I've got one definite way is if you keep using drug paraphernalia references on this fucking podcast, one, when I don't use them and. Not not today anyway. Oh, well, look, I'm going to, yeah. I'm, I'd like America, to officially state for the record, Jake Gillespie does not do drugs on this show. Or ever. <laughs> yeah. And there's no winking involved. He's not winking. Um, uh, yeah. So that's about it. Subscribe. Send me through some shit. People send me stuff. It's very uh, interesting. And when they do, I remember to talk about it. Um, yes. But yeah. Keep rocking in the free world. I might try and get this up today. Or should I get it up tomorrow? What day is it today? Tuesday? Wednesday? I'll get it up first thing in the morning. So if you're listening... Uh, this will be Wednesday and um, good show. Buried a few people, um, potentially ruined both of our careers. Um, not that either of us have any. We're going to go to Russia to coach professionally together. Jed will coach the backs. Um, I'll coach I'll coach the forwards. And um, oh. Holloway can be team manager of that one. And yep. He'll be ready. Fuck, any final thoughts for the people, mate? This show's going off lately just quietly. Good um, viewer. Good viewings, good numbers. 
my thoughts last week was shut up, I believe. Where I was telling people to shut up. Um, yeah. no, well said there. Yeah, look, I, I don't I don't really have any more at the moment. There's been that trend. Um, if you see me on Hinge, swipe right, you know? Oh, 100%. We've got, a lot of female, we've got a lot of female listeners as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, coming into Christmas, we'll do a Christmas episode, but... 100%. Christmas, I don't like All right. I know we talked about this, but I'm going to bring it up again because I got some good feedback on it. Is I think we should do this every week, and it should be we'll, we'll talk shit like we always do, but have like a bit of a shoot shield theme oh, around yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was going to mention. I, we might have to cut out the bit where you're wrapping up. Eddie's shoot like we're going to do shoot shield. We're going to do heavy getting shoot shield. But I thought while we're here, what have you heard from your perspective as coach? What's the what are the clubs that are murmuring? What are the clubs that are doing things? What are the clubs that you've heard nothing from? What's what? What do you reckon? Oh, as in like some insight into what's going yeah, on? Yeah, like you've heard, like you know, you get into preseasons. I'll give you a great example. West Harbour seem to have signed four hundred people. Yeah, like that's, and you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. You have that social media. Obviously, there's been movement at West Harbour, big coaching movement at West Harbour, big movement at Parramatta because they have one year to get four grades back. So there've been a lot of like signings if you call them announcements that sort of thing it's been a lot happening in the west um, yeah. that would be my first one yeah i've heard a bit of going on at manly i've heard bits of going on at gordon i don't know if it's true but so it'd be hard to comment on it mm. um i haven't heard much about ranwick uh eastwood are just you know lots of lots and lots of little insights into those fuckers um <laughs> sydney uni seem to have lost everyone that will be very i was gonna say Sydney University, they've they've got a, an endless production line of the same person, so that would be fine. But really obscure signing. Like I like to think I know people, and some of the guys who've signed, which is no slight on them. Coaches? Congratulations. Uh, are we talking or about players leaving? Oh, you mean players overseas? Players overseas, and with you? Oh, yeah. the, the players over, the going overseas. I, I I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Fucking amazing, and they're going mm. to Japan and fucking places like that. It's, yeah, it goes so to they, show you that if you can create a really good rugby program, that's an immediate credibility indicator for any prospective professional organization. Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a lot of po- positives and negatives to Sydney Uni, but one of the positives is if you do peek your head into first grade at some point, uh, you can literally end up in the Wallabies within 10 days uh, and so. 12 days max. Someone did it in nine once, uh, that was a rare occurrence, so. All right, so yeah, we're going to do that every week. I reckon we'll we'll organise our lives so that we can get some people on. I'd like to talk to a few other coaches, get some of the bigger name players on. I, I reckon that we could really carve out our niche in that audience because the shoot shield's fucking massive, and no one does a good job of covering it. I don't think. No, it's covered by lemons. Um, so there's a couple of non-lemons, but the vast majority are lemons. I've never fucking, I've never watched or read or fucking listened to a single thing. So I have no idea. No, neither. No, neither. It's not interesting to me. You've got to be an interesting person if you're going to do this kind of shit. I'm not saying we're interesting in a good way. We might be interesting in a bad way, but either way, you're interesting. And at least, I'm just we're, fucking... good, at least we're good looking. Well, that's um, right, mate. That's right. So, yeah. So that's happening. Right. We're going to put some other shit out. Um, Jed Gillespie does not do drugs. No, I don't. Not today, anyway. And 
yeah, that's it, man. That's about it. All right, beautiful. Be in touch. Talk soon, brother. Bye.